Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. And you know what? We are still here at Marketo Summit, and I am sitting next to the Chief Marketing Officer of Anaplan, and that is Maria Pergolino. And I bet some of you listening know Maria, because she's been around this ecosystem for a long time, and I definitely want to talk with her about what's happening at Anaplan and some of the strategy she has there. But let's turn back time, because you were part of the Marketo team back in the day. And what do you think in terms of has there been change or transition here at this conference and as a company that you're seeing now from the outside in? So exciting. I mean, I can't say how amazing it is to have watched this, this show grow. Um, this is the ninth year of the show. I believe the first one was in 2009. Uh, it was held in the Marriott in San Mateo. Um, and we were excited. There was about 150 people there. So uh, this is a big change. It's now, I think there were 6,000 people in the keynote audience yesterday, which is just tremendous. I think that Marketo is this amazing brand that was able to stand on its own. It hasn't gone through, I mean, even though it was acquired by Vista, it has still remained as an independent platform that is there to serve the marketer. It is not a subset of any other tool. And I think marketers you know, feel connected to that. They feel like this is the platform that they want to use that represents them, that allows them to do everything that they need to do. It is the hub of most, uh, you know, the, some of the most amazing brands, their marketing operations. And uh, so I think it's very exciting to be here. And um, it is, if, if you're not here, um, maybe some of you have been to Dreamforce before or other large conferences. It's not of that scale, but it does have that energy. Um, the marketing, you know, not only did they have a good time last night at the parties, but when marketers get out of the cage, they have a good time. But they're very energized about what they're learning here and what they're doing here because they feel very enabled. And um, a lot of the art of, art of the possible is is shown. When you, when you and I first met and you were at Marketo, you were working for John Miller, and I remember some conversations that I had with you about how hard you were working and what you guys were doing. It felt very much like this sprint meets marathon. You guys had this huge vision, but you were running and working really hard, extremely long days. Is that Maria? Is that just who she is every day? Or was that the culture at Marketo and you know affected you in some way? Yeah, I think um, I'm going to answer that in a little bit of a long path, but the uh, it's hard business review that, that said that uh, essentially category creation is the ultimate growth strategy, right? So if you want to be part of a big, fast-growing company, it is not just go find a great CEO. It is finding a place where there is going to be multiple people that can be successful because it is a big category, right? And, and you can see that with brands like Salesforce, Workday, uh, ServiceNow that have all grown because there was a big need and there's other players in the space and they, they ended up the leaders. I think you saw similar with marketing automation. There were multiple winners. Pardock did great going over to Salesforce. Oracle did great going over, I'm sorry, Eloquent did great going over to Oracle. Um, and so I love being part of those big, fast-growing spaces, but to win within those. If you think back to 2009 when I joined Marketo, there were, it was a whole different set of players. I can't even remember, lead this and market that. And 
um, that all didn't make it through. And I think the difference is, and I think this is very important to think about, there has to be something exceptional. It is not just the product. It is a combination of the people, the thought leadership that comes from that, how the team comes together. And I really like being a part of those winning teams. And I had that at Marketo. Phil, uh, John, the entire team was just incredible to work with. The entire marketing team, I mean, um, Heidi, who is uh, now with John at Engage, I mean, they, they're they just a, a world-class team there, and I think you're going to see th big things come from their company, and, and you'll I just continuous growth. Um, similar you saw at Aptis and and now here at Anaplan, and, and it is not just the, a great product. It is a company that is committed to customer success. It is going above and beyond, and I talk to my team about that a lot. It has to be you cannot get there doing the everyday. It just, if, if you could, then everybody would be successful and that's just not the case. Yeah. You know, Maria's an agent of change and that's why I wanted to have her on the program. Uh, even though my team and her team work together, um, she and I actually don't talk very much. We don't talk a lot about what she's doing and her leadership and some of the visions. So this is kind of like a nice public way for you and I to sit down and catch up. And I would like to talk about leadership because that's one of the topics that I'm drilling into in my new book and you're a female CMO you're very driven very successful and incredibly well respected in this ecosystem when you started rattling off those names all people that I've had on the podcast is it are these random coincidences that you're all you know uh, connected to one another and that I look at you as these are people that I want to have on the program to share their insights um, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's that you have all um, been a network of uh, incredibly successful and driven um, teammates. What, now that you're leading the entire marketing organization, what, how would you describe yourself as a leader, who you are today, and, and where you want to be as a leader in the future? Yeah, I think that uh, my my approach to leadership is is very different than others. I think that uh, one thing that is very important when you think about, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about, am I a leader? Am I going to be a CMO? Am I going to be a CEO? I think that there is not one path and there is not one type of successful leadership. Um, I've seen, and particularly for women, feel like they don't have some of those characteristics. They need to be a leader sometimes. And that is, I think, absolutely not the case. I listen to, I think uh, many of us would think, Barack Obama would think of him as a great leader. But I was uh, watching a presentation from Michelle Obama, and she was talking about, she had a small team. It was a team of four or five people within the White House staff. And she talked about her style of leadership and getting to know the people and caring about them. And that's not the inspirational, aspirational like leader that is standing in front of the troops, right? That is a caring, maternal um, driven to help the success of each individual. And I think that that type of leadership does not get the same credit and recognition, but also often can be uh, what helps people achieve to the, their biggest potential. I think if I would think about myself, I do truly care about the people that I work with. Um, I call them two big things. And so sometimes that comes with feedback that's hard to hear because the goal is to get everybody to uh, their maximum potential. Um, and I often, you know, it's, I, I can't believe how much sometimes people will limit themselves in what they, they can achieve. Like I meet the people that have the potential to be great CEOs and CROs and CMOs and every day and they're, 
they're working just towards the one step further. And, and I think you do have to shoot really big. Um, when I walk into a trade show with my team, my goal is to not do well within that trade show. It is to be, uh, to do better than every other person at that trade show. And so when you have that type of goal, it, when you can achieve to it, it feels so good too. It's, it's uh, you know, winning the game and, and against not just any competitor, then it's against all your peers, right? And, and that is just uh, an incredible feeling and something I love. Were you always a leader um, in, in every role that you did? How did you perceive yourself as an individual contributor or did you see yourself always as a leader, either of an effort or a team, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, I'm a very confident person, a very driven person, and, and a very big personality sometimes, and that has pros and cons. I am first to step up in the front of the room. Uh, my Myers-Briggs is like an ENTJ, which which is known for that. Uh, and I think that less than 3% of the population is that way. What I want to be um, really careful, though, is my way is not the only way. And I meet great, great leaders every day that have a very different style, and it does not have to be as dominant or aggressive. And um, I think some of the important things on the marketing side is really your job as a marketing leader uh, is not just to do great marketing, but to have the entire company understand that investment that marketing's making. And I think very often we don't market our own marketing enough. I talk about that a lot, and I think that that's one thing that all of us, no matter how much we're doing, we could do more. I think mm -hmm. similar for communication, you can never communicate too much. Right. Um, and then just making sure that you know, marketing is, when you take out of a company, the, the biggest expense is normally the people, and then after that, probably facilities. But marketing is then that next investment that the company makes. Um, and so it's, it's a big amount of resources and people and dollars that go into marketing. You really have to understand that, you know, how much the company is giving you and be able to share back what the return is, what they're getting for that investment. And so also having great business acumen and good business sense is really critical uh, to be a great marketing leader. You got labeled as a fearless marketer. You've uh, been recognized, what is it they call it, the class of 2018? You're, you're a fearless 50 in the class, so congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how long it's gonna be up there, but if you drive down the streets of San Francisco, you can see Maria, uh, about 100 feet tall. Uh, it's, it's a huge picture from me across the street from Moscone West, so congratulations. What, what makes you fearless? Well, what, what do you think uh, gave you that uh, the award this year in terms of how you approach either leadership or marketing um, or some initiatives. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I, I want to make a certain note. I mean, I think Fearless is, is definitely the Marketo team. I cannot imagine how, like, just, and this is a, a marketing team that said, hey, we want to celebrate somebody who is doing big things and even though she worked here, like that's hard to do. When somebody is no longer with the organization, has been here, was part of the original Marketo Summit to say, you know what, it's okay that she was here before, she's done big things, let's let her have this recognition. I mean, that takes a lot of, Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm just so grateful and it is so special to me to be recognized as a part of this conference. It, I, I, it almost brings me to tears when I think about it. And thank you so much to Sarah and Julie and all of the team at, at Marketo. It's, it's something that will never leave me. It's really been impactful. You don't seem fearless to me though. Like it's just how you are. Like when I, when I think of someone who's fearless, it's like, oh my God, I'm gonna jump out of a plane 
or fearless is um, taking some level of risk. You just show up to me as a very driven, win at all costs, um, life is this amusement park and you want to ride all the rides as many times as you can and enjoy it and get off the ones that suck and get out of the way of the people who suck. And um, I just don't know if that's fearless or it's just driven without talking yourself out of risk, you know? Do you know, I think Steve yesterday, uh, Steve Lucas, the CEO of Marketo, put up on the stage an image that really resonated with me. It said, plan, uh, and then in, in kind of bigger letters next to that, engage, and then next to that, measure. And I really like that. I put a lot of effort into my planning. I don't just, uh, I think I take risks every day, but I think they're calculated. We make some big bets. And in, in uh, for example, the conference we do, we put a third of our marketing dollar into one place. That's to me, fearless. That's risky, right? But it's calculated risk. And it, you, we understand what the goals are and how to make sure that we're minimizing that risk to be successful. I think then that next part, engage, it's about maximizing your channels, having the right content going through them, really understanding the entire mix and what you can pull out of it, where you're yeah. gonna place your bets. Uh, and then that measure part, I think marketers think about that a lot. Obviously, uh, we saw Visible get um, acquired by Marketo, clearly wanting to make more investments into measurement. Uh, if we look out onto the expo floor, there's lots of different vendors that, that specialize in that measurement. I think that uh, the one thing I would note there, it's not just measuring after the fact, it is making sure that you are forecasting and predicting um, you know, before you do it. So that measurement isn't an afterthought. Measurement actually happens before, during, and after. Um, and if you do all those things, you can, it's not, I do feel like some, you know, I'm taking risks, but I just think that they are paced and measured and sometimes it's with big dollars and with big things and that's what makes it exciting because then there's big reward, um, but it's doing it with some practicality and, and not recklessness. And so I think that's important, right? Like I might uh, jump out of a plane, but it's going to be with a backup parachute. And I think, um, I think that's important. I always have a plan B. Let's pretend, because um, if you look around, as we're doing, we're in this fishbowl. We are, we are actually in the Accenture Interactive Innovation Fishbowl. That is what it's called. And so we're sitting in this glass area, squared off. And if you look around, of course there's the vendors, but if you look around the show floor, you've got everything from what looks like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna profile and say there's uh, people that are older that have been in this ecosystem for a while, but there's a lot of young, um, either fresh out of college or still in their first decade yeah. of uh, marketing. What advice would you, if, you if, if you saw little Maria running around here and it's you with all the knowledge and all the expertise and this fearlessness that you have and drive that you have, what advice would you give to them career-wise to get to the place if they want where, where you are as a CMO? What's, that, what's the advice? If you had your booth, it's the Maria booth, and here's some free advice for you on how to have a very successful career as you've had, what is that? No, I think I, that's a funny question. I, all the time, like especially with the VCs, they'll say like, "We want to hire Maria," but like five years ago, what do what do we look for? And um, I think what uh, people are saying that they're they're looking for is just so marketing is. I got in a big debate with a very high profile marketer once about, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, like we're not doing, we're not surgeons here. Like we can, you know." don't take it too seriously. And I take my craft, you know, very seriously. I treat it like a surgeon. I, I imagine a surgeon has to study what they do and they always want to get better. The techniques change and they want to learn. I think about marketing very much that way. I mean, I invest heavily, not just in like the work that I'm doing, but trying to understand what the different trends are. You know, I read 
Porter and Cialdini and all of the great um, people that have written about marketing to really understand the fundamentals. I think we often think we're recreating something or we're, um, we're doing something new, but really the fundamentals of marketing I don't think have changed and it's how do you then take new technology and apply it to that to do something interesting. Um, and so what I would say is just really invest in what you do. Like you don't get to, um, nobody, becomes great at something just you know on accident I think you have to put work into it and so instead of jumping job to job and uh, just trying 10 different things like really just choose something and, and figure out how to be really spectacular at it and learn it better than anybody else and then go share that with other people and people will appreciate that thought leadership and will then tell other people about you and and you will get to a great place um, but you have to have something to give and yeah. so learning something that you can share, I think is really important. You mentioned about longevity uh, a bit, and on the last couple of podcasts, um, I've been making note of people that have been in places for a long period of time, and whether that's a catalyst for longer term success. What's the longest you've ever been at, at one company? So the longest I've been at a company is uh, just over five years, and, and I've done that twice, but there are very few times that I have been at companies for a year, two years. It's normally four or five years, um, and when I have been there shorter, it's been because of an acquisition or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, I don't think that you can start really doing cool things in a job until you're there, like two years, right? The first year, when you're hired at a job, you're hired to do what you did at the last job. Mm -hmm. And so even if it feels new, you're putting in what you've already done. In that next year after that, you're starting to see the results of what you're doing. You get to kind of start trying some new stuff, but it's not really until that like year two that you're wor working cross-functionally, hearing the pains of other departments, really becoming a change agent inside the organization. And so I feel like people constantly leave right when they're just getting into their stride. And they, I hear people say all the time, well, I wanna go, I wanna keep learning and I wanna do something new. And it's like, no, 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 you get the chance to learn and do something new once you get really good at your job because that's when your job doesn't take you as much time and that's when you have the freedom to try all kinds of new things. And I think we too often give up that opportunity to, to really start doing something differentiated or different because we, we go and restart somewhere else. Yeah, last question for you. Um, since it's now first time as CMO, what do you love? What do you not so love? Yeah, you know what, I'm gonna change that question. So uh, it's my first time as a CMO, but I was uh, SVP of marketing and headed up all of marketing my last job. And I remember when I started that job, something that was, uh, that I'd never heard marketers talk about before. You know, when I was a director, a senior director, or any, any time in marketing before that, all of my peers always talked about marketing. We would always, you know, it may be different parts of marketing, but it was supported, everybody was exciting. The thing that I think um, that I was most surprised by uh, when I first started being that like head of marketing with Aptis was that when you're sitting in a boardroom with a whole other group of executives, they actually care very little about marketing, right? They, they recognize that marketing is a thing and it's important, but you're in a room with a whole bunch of people that have other priorities than you and you have to find a way to give that your group a voice and to make sure in a very concise way, the value of it is understood. You have to make sure that um, you're sharing the successes, that you're highlighting the other organizations, that you're not just doing the marketing of the products, but of all the services and all of those different pieces, not just to help the, the company, but to make sure that these other teams are hearing you. And I, I now spend, when you look at the amount of time I spend doing marketing versus other things, it's almost all in 
talking to other groups about the marketing that's happening. And um, that was really, really very surprising to me, but something that's become, you know, some, I love then evangelizing for the marketing groups. That's, mm -hmm. um, it's been one of my favorite things, but it, it hit me by surprise. You still feel like you have a creative outlet if that's, if that's important to you. I know it always was to me. And the more that I worked on the business instead of in the business, you know, that balance felt, um, I questioned it, you know, whether I was losing some of the things that I really enjoyed doing. Yeah, I think you just have to, um, and for the, the marketers listening to this, creativity is not just graphic creativity or campaign creativity. It can be in how, like, when I can see people sharing what's happening in the organization, it's not, they're not marketers, but when I see my engineering team able to share some campaign because it was exciting to them, or when I see our IT team like celebrating something in marketing, I mean, that's using creativity in a different way to get other people engaged within the organization. Um, you know, the creativity doesn't just have to be in the marketing, it can be in how you get people to listen, how you get people excited, yeah. how you um, articulate the brand. And so all of those things are different ways that I get to be creative. And uh, I think, you know, using what you learned when you were doing a specific part of marketing, let's say you're in demand or let's say you're in creative, thinking about the skills that you have and how do you apply them to other parts of the business as you grow with the organization, I think it's all relevant. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me and stopping in. Congratulations on the recognition. Uh, if you don't know Maria, she's often on the speaking circuit. Definitely recommend that you attend her sessions. I don't know if you're doing as much these days, but I always enjoy hearing what you're sharing. And thank you for coming on the program today, Maria. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate being here. I'll be uh, at Anaplan's conference. Uh, in, we just finished our big conference, but we're doing uh, events in London and Paris coming up. I'll be at the Saster event in Paris. Uh, you'll definitely see me around. Nice. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio, and I think that's our last episode here at the Marketo Summit. So uh, that's it. We're signing off, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. <laughs>